Welcome to IAQ Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry. Yes, the rules have changed. the original intro it's a little long but it's still good good day wherever you're listening from and welcome to indoor air quality radio it's friday september 9th 2016 this week is episode number 430 my name is radio joe hughes i am at studio d in central city pennsylvania my co-host the z-man is back in mckees rocks pennsylvania and this is our 10-year anniversary cliff Hey, Joe. How are you? Great. Hello, great. everybody. It's an exciting day, 10 years. Still here. All these years uh, have gone by. It's been great, Cliff. Uh, and, uh, of course, the Z-Man will be with me today. We're also going to have a couple of frequent guests and callers join us as the as the uh, day goes on here. We're going to have John Lapotere join us, and also, I believe, Carl Grimes is going to call in. Not sure if Pete Consigli is going to make it today or not, but... Uh, Looking forward to a great 10-year anniversary show. We're going to go back through the years a little bit here and uh, reminisce a little bit and then see what's happening in the future. Before we do, though, let's stop and thank our marquee sponsors. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at their website, jondon.com. That's jondon.com. Clean Facts, the number one information source for cleaning and restoration professionals. Check them out at cleanfactswithanx.com. IEQ.net and Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at IAQ.net. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IEQ Radio when you inquire about their services and products. Okay, and don't forget the IAQ Training Institute for the training you trust at iaqtraining.com. I also want to uh, do a little shout-out to Bob Crow at healthyindoors.com. He uh, put an extra little blurb in the – an extra page, actually, in the online uh, news, news magazine they have, healthyindoors.com. Uh, great to have them on as one of our marquee sponsors. Of course, we, we've always appreciated John Don and their, their tremendous support over the years. Uh, the other folks, Clean, Flag, Clean Facts and others. So uh, we'll talk more about that as the day goes on. Let's turn it over to the Z-Man for today's IAQ Radio trivia question. Thanks, Joe. Win a cool prize by outcompeting fellow IAQ Radio listeners and being the first person to correctly answer the IAQ Radio trivia question each week. 
Submitting your answer is easy. Either email it to czlotnick at cs.com, or if you're listening to the show live, you can text in the answer via your computer. Congratulations. To John Lapotere, IEQ Solutions, Orlando, Florida, for answering last week's IEQ Radio trivia question. The IQ Radio trivia question for Friday, September 9, 2016, has been sponsored by Ideas, the solution chemistry company, creating unique solutions to odor removal, surface cleaning, and decontamination problems. David Nelson was the founder of TalkShoe, the broadcast platform that IQ Radio uses to distribute our show. What is the derivation of the TalkShoe name mean? Back to you, Joe. Okay, great, great question, Cliff. Uh, Dave Nelson, I still see him from time to time on Facebook. And I uh, also wanted to mention to listeners, it's been a nice 10-year relationship with TalkShoe. We've, we've looked at other options and, and uh, possibilities, but, you know, they've, they've kind of hung in there, and they, they have something that I believe is still unique and um, give us the ability to allow people to um, text in, to call in and to listen on their computer or to listen on the phone. Uh, it, it's really um, kind of unique. John, our new uh, engineer here, John, you got to have faith, has been uh, trying. You know, he's one of these millennials. He understands this stuff, and we, we haven't been able to find anything much better, if any better. Um, and then not long ago, Cliff, I'd say two, three months ago, we got the news that TalkShoe had been bought and uh, freeconferencecall.com owns them now, I believe, and, and they tell us we're going to have some interesting and exciting changes coming at the end of the year, and uh, we look forward to that, and we've been hanging in there and uh, hoping that that uh, helps the show. Uh, Cliff, thinking, you know, talking about the show, let's go back to the origination of the show. You know, what was, what was the original idea for the show? I mean, you were the one that came up with this idea. You talked to me about it. I loved it. Um, talk a little bit about how that started. Well, I think, too, on Saturday mornings, I used to drive my dad to uh, religious services in the morning, and I would listen to a local uh, talk show host. He was a businessman. His name was Ron Morris. He had a show called The American Entrepreneur. Very, very bright guy, and unfortunately, uh, you know, he and I were the same age. Unfortunately, he passed away uh, due to a very for, uh, rare form of cancer. And he was talking about a new investment that he'd made into a company, and it was called TalkShoe. And the technology uh, was to allow anyone to put together their own uh, podcast and be able to have their own radio show. I thought it was a very interesting idea. Um, I, I just thought about what had happened in the film industry to a big company like Kodak. I mean, they were the leader in film, they were the leader in cameras, and then all of a sudden digital technology comes along and, uh, you know, they're outside looking in, they, they, they took a hit. Uh, another reason, Joe, you and I were, uh, we've kind of started a partnership and I felt that you were a very talented guy, a talented instructor, a knowledgeable person. I felt that you were under the radar of a lot of people. And I thought that this would kind of raise your profile, you know, in the industry. And I just knew that you were kind of a natural for it. And that's why I thought you should be radio Joe. So that's kind of the story. 
Interesting. I, I appreciate that. The first time I've heard it, and I, I appreciate that. And it, it has gone well. We've, we've uh, made it through 10 years. And I think to, to kind of build on the whole podcasting thing, 10 years ago when we first started this, it was a big deal. You know, the podcasts were fairly new and, and people were putting them out regularly and uh, talk show was doing pretty well. And then it kind of seemed to ebb a little bit. And um, I think the whole idea of doing podcasts kind of, you know, backed off a little bit, slowed down a bit. But here recently in the news over the last couple of years, I see a, a resurgence and um, there's a lot of interest in podcasts and now people put them on YouTube and we've been putting some of ours up on YouTube. I think, and I've seen the numbers go up for our show here recently. Um, you know, it's been interesting to see how that ebb and flow has occurred and that uh, we've been able to hang in there and do this for all these years. And we do get calls from the talk shoe folks from time to time asking, you know, how'd you guys do it? Uh, I don't think too many other people ever really put together a, a business type show like we have. A lot of them are people, you know, giving their, uh, there's, there's people doing religious shows and there's people doing political shows and sports shows, the typical kind of thing you'd see on talk radio. This is a little different and, uh, I enjoy it. I've met some great people over the years doing it. And, uh, we're going to do it. I mean, my goal is I'd like to do it another 10 years. Cliff, what do you think? Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm committed. Uh, I like doing it. You know, the original music, I don't know who you'd like to – we brought it back today. And, by the way, your son, Zach, was the first engineer we had, uh, the cyber jockey. He did a great job for us, and uh, we, we still use his outro to this day. But the intro – was uh, some interesting music by the Chambers Brothers. You want to talk about why we chose that? Well, first of all, I can go back to when I was in college. <laughs> a good friend of mine, uh, his name was Alvin, and I used to go over to his apartment, and uh, you know, Alvin liked to uh, smoke illicit substances, and I remember he had this powerful stereo <laughs> system, and he kind of stood on the floor, put his head in, be in between, listened to the Chambers Brothers, that song, and his head would rock <laughs> back and forth so uh yeah kind of have fond memories of of those days but i thought that the, the song talked to me i think number one it talked about time and you know we have the show at a specific time it's you know fridays uh at noon so there was a specific time the second reason was that the rules had changed you know we were going to change the rules in terms of media most media at that point was magazines and a lot of times those magazines had a 90-day lag for forgetting news yep. so what we were going to do is kind of comment uh on the news uh you know on a weekly basis and it, that's kind of why i chose the song and it's a little more you know it's more current and now we see a lot of the um industry news magazines and, and one of our sponsors now healthy indoors magazine they've gone to all online and they can respond more quickly so they, they can have a an article out pretty quickly on a uh, current event and and a lot of the big industry players are now they have these smaller um i guess it'd be like an online kind of uh, weekly or, or even sometimes more often smaller version of announcements of things that are going on in the industry and so I think uh, I think you were a little ahead of the time on that one. Now, another thing we wanted to talk about was the 
the multiple studios we've had over the years. And sometimes we have technical issues, and that, that can be frustrating. In fact, I'm getting a little feedback right now. But um, we started out in the talk shoe studios, right, Cliff? We went up and went to their studio. And, uh, their studio was in Wexford, Pennsylvania, and you and I and Zach and Dieter, I think, uh, you know, went out there and, you know, we did the, you know, we did the first show. And what was interesting is TalkShoe's model initially was a revenue-sharing model. And what was going to happen is we were actually going to receive uh, a, a small share of the income that came into Google Advertising that populated the, uh, you know, the, the, the page for the site, the web page for the site. And I remember the first time we did it, we did the show, and Joe and I were horrified. All <laughs> these mold labs were popping up that you know were doing these mold samples through the mail and sending out these reports that toxic black mold was going to kill you and, and, and telling all these health effects that you were going to get. And you know, we said to Dave Nelson that if we're going to continue doing this, we really can't uh, – we need to control the advertising. We don't want uh, scam artists to be advertising on our webpage because you know we really wanted to separate ourselves from those people rather than affiliating with those people. And that's kind of how the advertising thing came. You know, David said for a fee, uh, you know, we can do it for you, and we needed a couple of advertisers to help us uh, make that that monthly fee that we uh, signed the contract that we would pay him. Yep. And I think I remember too, there were scare tactics, you know, there were the ozone guys were on there. They were going to come in and cure your home of every ailing ailment it had with their ozone machines and so on. Not that there aren't uses for ozone and, and certainly labs are very important. And, and um, you know, but we unfortunately saw the ones that like to advertise using scare tactics early on. So, you know, we, we quickly made the change to our own advertisers, and it's been a great relationship over the years, and, and it continues to this day. I think one of the other things I want to mention and, and, and do a shout-out to our engineers over the years. Um, we've had, it looks like, one, two, about seven engineers over the years, starting with Zach, and then... We had Chris Boisel, who who worked in your old office there in the in McKee's Rocks, or, or was that McKee's Rocks, or no, Coriopolis. Coriopolis. Uh, then then we had Environmental Annie Annie Koalecki. She helped out, and then um, when you moved over to the McKee's Rocks office, we brought in uh, Austin Novak. Um, Cold. What was it? Oh, Austin's nickname? Uh, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Austin Stone Novak. Cold. <laughs> and then um, when I moved up here, and 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 we, you know, I, it got tough driving every week, every Friday for an hour show down to Pittsburgh to to your office, and uh, I I put an, uh, a a little studio in in the home office here. And uh, Valerie Bender helped us out. And the guy that really helped us a lot then was her dad, Bill. I want to shout out to Bill, who had his own, um, he was a preacher, and he had his own podcast. And he, he told us some things that really helped with respect to how to, you know, how to uh, do the show. And then um, Jessica Lawson helped out for a while. And now we've, you know, we've got John, you got to have faith. And he's really helped a lot and made some big changes for us that have been very, uh, very helpful and uh, we'll continue to 
you know, stretch the the technology the best we can in in future years. Um, all right, and, and Cliff, I, I want to just quickly, if you would, go over some of the things that you know. I don't think a lot of people realize what all it takes to do this. And one of the things I I added to the notes you sent me was, we've seen a lot of other people come and go over the years. Um, you know, we started doing this show ten years ago, and then. I'd say within a year, somebody else had their own IAQ podcast, and there were some disaster restoration podcasts and so on. And there still are some out there. I know the home performance guys are doing pretty well with it, but I don't think anybody's really hung in there the way we have. And I think in part it's because this is a lot of work. Would you comment on that? Oh, no, absolutely. And and the thing is, I don't think either of us can comment on the work that the other person does. Uh, You know, I can tell you that, you know, in turn, you know, what I do is I select the music and typically I try to tie the music in, you know, to the guest. And sometimes it's really, really easy. And other times it's a little bit more difficult because it's just hard, you know, to find the music. And, and I was never really a big music person, but when I Google certain words on you or YouTube, put certain words into YouTube, you know, I found some pretty cool, uh, you know, music over the years, like, you know, there's a leak in this old building and, you know, growing mold and a couple of those songs, you know, that we've used multiple times are, are pretty fitting, uh, for the show. Same thing with the trivia question. We try to tie that into the show as well. Generally, whoever recruits the guest, whether it's Joe or I has a pretty detailed conversation with that guest and what we do is we put together questions and discussion points in advance Uh, we send them off to that person typically they get them a day or two before the show and you know we oftentimes have a call and and we go through those uh, discussion points because we really we're not here to um, bushwhack anybody and you know in certain situations we're going to be talking about some controversial stuff and, you know, we just want to, you know, approach it head on. Uh, you know, Joe, why don't you tell them about what you do with sending out the, the, um, the you know, the invitations sure. and dealing with the website, because I'm not sure exactly, you know, how you and John handle that. Well, it's, you know, it's another thing that can be a good bit of work, but it's, you know, it's, it's in, I enjoy some aspects of it, particularly when, we get guests on like uh, like who we had last week, Dr. David Miller. And, you know, I've got to read papers and reports and so on to try and make sure that I can, you know, have a conversation with a guy that's brilliant and not make a fool of myself. Um, I think that is probably the thing that takes the most time for me in preparing for these interviews is just reviewing their papers and reading up on the articles they've written and and things of that nature. And then, of course, I've got to prepare a show announcement and you've got to write a little intro. And I'm not a writing major. You know, that's not my thing. I I prefer to speak. And, uh, you know, it takes me some time to put that together. And then I, I look for new interesting articles every week to include with that show announcement and that you know that takes a little time i'm i'm typically looking at those things anyway and and trying to keep up with the most current events so every week on the show announcement there's four five six 
good articles that came out, maybe research papers, etc. And uh, we, we include those. And then we also, of course, put together quizzes for the shows so that people who want continuing education can get that and uh, update the website. It, it's, it's time consuming, but, uh, you know, it pays off when you have a great interview like we had last week. Or, And I want to add to the thing you talked about covering contentious issues and and we've tried hard to cover both sides of those contentious issues so uh, when we had the iic or cs 520 and all the all the problems back in the 05 era when uh you know we had 06 07 i guess it was that you know uh great friend of the show unfortunately has since passed on bob baker he resigned from chairing the committee and uh you know we but we tried to bring on people from both sides of each of these issues you know we had i mean one of the guys i've had on more often than any is is dr richie shoemaker and obviously every time he comes on i've got a couple of emails from people with the opposite opinion that you know uh he's he's too far out there and that's you know that's all uh you know outside of the mainstream of medical and then we bring on like uh, Ron Gotts, Dr. Gotts to discuss the other side of the issue. Um, Sharon Kramer has been on the show many times. She can be a little controversial, but uh, you know, she's got an important issue. She got a lot done within this industry with that whole uh, discussion of the, you know, the, the statements and some of the papers that have come out over the years that have been used in court cases to keep people from being able to, you know, get some kind of compensation for damages they may have gotten because of being in moldy buildings, and 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 then we bring people from the other side. So I really have enjoyed that, and uh, we've tried to be fair. And anybody that's ever asked to be on the show to present a side to a topic, I think I can't remember turning any down. Cliff, do you? No. In, in terms of a topic, no. We've had some commercial interests uh, that we've turned down, really, because either you or I or both of us didn't feel that the product, uh, you know, was meritorious of, uh, you know, coming on the show. Now, one of the other things I wanted to do today, it's, it's all, we got about seven minutes before halftime and we asked, I asked two or three people to come and join us, um, to say hello, number one, but also, you know, I want to get a little feel for how things have changed over the last 10 years. Um, and, and they have changed quite a bit within the three areas that we focus on most often, indoor environmental quality, disaster restoration, and building science. And uh, we asked John Lapoter to step, you know, to call in today and Carl Grimes. I don't know if Pete's going to make it or not. Pete Consigli, I'm hoping he'll call. And uh, we're trying to get a little feel for how things have changed over the last 10 years and maybe where, where we see them going in the future. Uh, before we do, I want to just mention we've also covered a lot of industry events and happenings. So, for instance, uh, Carl's a past president of IAQA. John's the current president of IAQA. They've been a sponsor. We appreciate that. But we've also covered RIA, um, ASHRAE conventions. We, we've covered a, a lot of industry IICRC events. We've had their chairmen on. So, you know, we've tried to be very fair to all the different organizations out there. We had the Environmental Information Association on, so uh, I think we've done a good job of covering all those different aspects of the industry. Let's get John Lapoter on. John, welcome. Great to have you back on the show. 
Thank you guys for having me. John Great to be Oz. back. Happy anniversary. Hey, thank you, buddy. Thank Much you, appreciated. Hey, I want to, you know, one of the reasons I wanted you to come, you both listen and have been a guest on the show. And also, you kind of represent that building science area, even though you do a lot of indoor air quality work. You started in the construction world. And uh, before the show, we were talking about a really, you know, up-and-coming issue, and that's, that's foam um, and foam in buildings. Ten years ago, I don't remember there being as much activity around that particular issue as there is now. Would you agree, or is it uh, something I missed 10 years ago? No, it, it, it was definitely there. Uh, we were working on it uh, 10 years ago, mostly due to cost. You found it in you know, commercial settings. You found it in large residential homes, custom homes. You just didn't see it in the production homes. Now we're seeing it. The prices come down. Everybody wants to be green. Everybody wants to reduce their carbon footprint. And everybody wants a tight, tight sealed house. So with the cost down, we're seeing retrofits in very small, older homes. We see retrofits in small coastal homes. It's, it's really just taking off. A lot of people are doing it, and they're missing the fact that the foam will change how their home performs. Uh, I'm in North Carolina uh, looking at a home today. And this home, the performance of this home has been changed completely. It has new weather strip doors, um, upgraded double pane windows, and foam insulation in the attic. It has no uh, adjustments to the ventilation system that happens to be gas in the basement. Hmm. So there are a lot of things going on with this particular home that's very tightly sealed. The first thing I noticed Whenever I look at any home, I walk around the home. I want to see how it was built, what's going on. The house to the left, <laughs> uh, active rate on mitigation. The house to the right, active rate on mitigation. My clients in the middle, no rate on mitigation. Hmm. There are a lot of factors that are involved when you alter the design of a home. And the more and more homes that we alter, the better we start to understand the, uh, the impact that it's going to have on the occupants. And, and that's basically where I come in. If a building fails, if a building product fails, and they want to know if that product failure is impacting the occupants, that's that little niche that we fill, and that's what we're up here looking at. But it's uh, it's really taking off because so many people are applying it, and the costs are coming down. That's another area we've covered more recently. I almost thought we should add a fourth category that we talk about, and that's the home performance industry. We've had people like Nate Adams come on and, and some others, and I'm bringing Linda Wigington's going to be joining us not too long from now. I think you are at the leading edge of what I think is going to be a continuing area for indoor air quality people who they've got to learn the building science, though. You've got to be good with building science for years to come. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think without my knowledge of how the house performs and how the house was built, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. This is a, a critical part of what I do is knowing how these uh, homes and buildings are, are put together from physically putting them together. And, you know, I, I teach courses on indoor environmental quality, and, and back in the early days, now I've been doing that 15 years here, we didn't spend a lot of time on building science. Now... You know, 
a third of the course is building science related because you can't help people today unless you understand the building science behind the issues that they are having. It's just a huge, and it's great for you to have that contractor's background too, because you, you probably look at these buildings a little differently than other people do. I think that's right. Uh, oftentimes, maybe due to cost, maybe because they think we're going to be more expensive, we're not the first person in, but we like to say we're always the last person in. And it's because a lot of people overlook what I would consider obvious. Hmm. There, there are some things that uh, could be easily taken care of and easily addressed, but uh, a lot of people without the knowledge of how a home is built miss them. Understood. Hey, what I'd like to do, guys, I want to... Um bring Carl on but let's let's do halftime first because I got 12:29 on my clock. Cliff, anything you wanted to add with John before we go to halftime? No, let's go to halftime and you know, I can pick up later. All right. Thanks to our association sponsors, the Indoor Air Quality Association, a nonprofit multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at iaqa.org. The Restoration and Specialty Cleaners Association have been serving the needs of and advocating for their members for over 30 years. Remember, Triska is your link to industry training, certification, standards, and events. Their website is trsca.org. Thanks to our advertisers. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at wolfsense.com. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Visit them at legends-enviro.com. And Particles Plus. They are engineers and manufacturers of feature-rich particle counters air quality monitoring instrumentation, and vacuum pump technology. Particlesplus.com. Count on us. And, of course, our marquee sponsors. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at their website, jondon.com. That's jondon.com. Clean Facts, the number one information source for cleaning and restoration professionals. Check them out at cleanfacts.com with an X.com. IAQ.net and Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at IAQ.net. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you inquire about their services and products. All right, we're back for the second half of our 10-year anniversary show. We're going to be bringing Carl Grimes on here in a moment. Before we do, Cliff, let's let's continue a little of that discussion we had before John came on. I think another thing that um, we've been able to do, and I, I don't know if this was where you wanted to head on this or not, is we've brought people on and done recordings of those people who are unfortunately not with us anymore. Any comment on that, Cliff? Well, you know, it wasn't intentional, but, um, you know, none of us live forever. Unfortunately, many of the people that we've lost, we've kind of lost them before their time. And, 
you know, I, you know, I, I remember going to, to grade school and, and high school and saying the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, I was in the service. Of, I, I'm probably more patriotic than most, and I just thought that, you know, we really need to honor uh, the people that we've lost and just thought that it would be uh, a good thing to, you know, play taps for them and, uh, you know, say a couple of words. And, uh, you know, we, we got we started doing that. You know, you want to mention the, I think we've got 11 people here on the list that have done shows with us and now they're, they're not with us anymore, but we'll have them, you know, on a recording forever. Well, why don't we alternate, Joe? Uh, the first person was Michael O'Reilly. Lloyd Weaver. Philip McLaughlin. Bill Yob. Bob Baker. Martin L. King. Philip R. Morey. Butch Carpenter. Melinda Ballard. Larry Robertson. And Thad Goddish. Let me turn it over to you. Another comment or two before we bring Carl on. You know, I, I think one of the things that, that we were discussing before uh, the break was changes within the industry. And, and one of the changes that I've seen within the restoration industry that disturbs me is that there seems to be a loss of general of generational memory on the fire restoration side. And I see an over-concentration on water damage. And what I think that I call complicating up of water damage, you know, I don't think uh, materials getting wet and materials getting dry is really that scientifically complicated. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, we're teaching too too many psychrometrics. I think we're teaching too much microbiology. Uh, you know, all molds pretty much the same, and we should treat it the same. And I don't I don't think that the technician needs to be able to know how to spell the different species and and so on and so forth. But uh, I think we really need to kind of preserve the best technology that we have and and build upon it rather than just losing it. Let me ask you one more question before we go to Carl Cliff. We now do, I can't remember how long you have been doing this for, and I've done a few, but we do a blog after every show. Why Why the blog? Um, 
you know, I think that it's one of the things that kind of came after podcasting. You know, people were, were doing a blog. I'm not necessarily sure that this is really a blog, but, you know, I, I started kind of, you know, we always gave the customers, the, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the guests the, the last word. In certain situations, I had some comments that I wanted to make, you know, where I agreed with them or really had a special connection with them. And I just felt that, you know, I, I needed uh, an opportunity, uh, you know, to be able to do that and, you know, began putting together the blog. Sometimes it's a recap of the show. Uh, other times it's uh, completely different. There are a couple of them that have actually been a rant, you know, where I've kind of ranted about uh, something that was important to me. That's something that takes considerable time, Joe. Uh, As you know, that's probably a a three to five hour or sometimes even more project. You wouldn't think that it would take that long, but uh, it it, it does, you know, kind of take notes like crazy during the, uh, you know, during the show and then kind of uh, try to regurgitate it on paper afterwards and put in, you know, a little bit of personality uh, and some opinion. Well, and I think, you know, I don't know that listeners realize this, but you take a lot of pride in, in getting it right. And part of the time is going back and listening when you have to, uh, because the notes, you know, it's tough to take notes while you're also asking questions and listening. Um, so I know you go back and you listen to segments again, and then you send it out to the guests to, to get their feedback on, on whether you captured their uh, the essence of what they had to say properly, and uh, it does. It takes a lot of time, but I think it's a valuable part of what we do. Well, we plan to continue to keep doing that. All right. Let's get uh, Carl Grimes on here. Hey, Carl, do we have you? Hello, Joe and Cliff. Uh, hello, Carl. Hi, Carl. Carl, long time. You were one of the first people we had on this show back in 2005, um, and it's been it's been a long relationship and um, i'm glad you were able to join us and say hello i'm looking back at my notes here i'm seeing carl was on show i want to say three back here i don't have numbers on these shows but uh we we had you way back there carl what's what do you think what's the biggest changes you've seen over the last 10 years uh the two of you (laughs) i I really want (laughs) to take a moment to to uh, give a tribute to the two of you on what you've been able to do uh, to see it through and continue the way, like you guys have just been talking about, the guests you have on, the issues, uh, the both sides of it, the controversy, uh, the mundane, etc., and the quality of the show, uh, the way you guys present it is just... Um, uh, you, you talked a little bit about how you don't think anybody else has really uh, done what you've done, and I, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I'm just really amazed and pleased at what you guys have done. And, you know, it's not just the news. Uh, it's information. It's education. It's bringing people on that are leaders in the, the various industries, and you get that kind of cross-fertilization going also. And I, that is just so important, and that's a trend that I want to see continue in a, a number of uh, different ways. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I, I gave you, the two of you, my awareness and, a, and appreciation. Uh, the memorial 
to the people that have passed on brought a tear to my eye. I knew almost all of them, and it's it's so sad to see that they are gone and the loss. And Cliff, what you just said right at the end, I'll get back to your question in a minute, Joe. No, uh, but what you, you just said a couple of minutes ago, Cliff, uh, was was real important about the the over. There's a emphasis sometimes in the wrong part of what's going on in industry and what needs to be done. And uh, there's a there's a person that is very high up in research that would agree with you. His name is Bill Fisk at Lawrence uh, Berkeley Lab in California. At Indoor Air, uh, this last July, uh, after about the second or day or so of the conference, this is an international conference, uh, he was in the audience and he said at the end of a presentation, he said, we have enough research to act. We don't need more research before we can act and decide what to do. We know what to do. We just need to do it. That's a paraphrase of what he said, but that's what I heard you saying too, Cliff. Thank you, Carl. I mean, I, I just, I'm a simple guy and I understand simple things and you know, it's, it's they, they said, I think Einstein said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself. And it's it, it just so, I think we've really gone off the deep end, particularly with the water stuff. And, and I don't mean mold. I just mean drying and structural drying and making it really complicated and, uh, you know, drying cement, spending thousands and thousands of dollars of dry, you know, to dry materials that, that, that are not get, that are not going to become uh, sources for fungal growth and so on and so forth. But yeah, Carl, I'm getting back to your question, ahead. Joe. Yes, uh, about changes. There's been really tectonic changes in the industry organizations of uh, who's who, who's kind of in the leadership position and how they've changed. Uh, IAQA is now part of ASHRAE, for example. ASHRAE. That's going to bring more indoor air quality and indoor environment, and particularly residential, into ASHRAE. And they have a new residential program. IICRC has gone through a lot of changes back and forth and, and every which way. RIA and IAQA used to have a close relationship, and they, uh, they, they separated again, and uh, RIA is, is doing well. There's a, uh, you mentioned EIA. Uh, they are Environmental Industry Association, uh, before you bring out the uh, acronym police acronym on me police. here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that's a big change. The other change, that I, and it kind of piggybacks off of what you and I were just talking about, Cliff, uh, overemphasis on some of the water and on the mold and on mycotoxins in particular, there's information coming out there. There's more information. There's more research. But I, I'm still quite active with a number of uh, Facebook and other groups of people that are out there that are hurting, that are suffering, and they cannot find uh, credible information or information that they can understand and trust. There was just one that I corresponded with yesterday, as a matter of fact. It said, I've been to this group and this group and this group and this doctor and that doctor, and, and I, I don't know how to handle the information because they all say something different. There's a real lack of um, uh, context and, uh, I guess, not content, but leadership 
on a trusted source of information of just basic facts, like you were talking about, Cliff, just simple, common sense kinds of things. You don't have to have a lab test and a mold test and all that sort of thing for it to make all your decisions. Sometimes you just have to stop the water and dry it out and get on with your life and not sit there and wait for to find somebody to do a mold test and then wait two, three days or a week or more to get it to see what kind of mold is in there. And by that time, there's more mold in there, and you should have just taken care of it simply. But we don't. there's no place out there really that has that leadership position that's a recognized, uh, trusted authority that we can just send people to and say, go here. What I do with you guys is a lot of times I'll send tell people about your show, uh, and uh, a couple a couple of them uh, is it John Willett? Yep. Uh, I hope he's got his John Willett. Yeah, yeah. He I still send people back to his interviews with you guys because he had the simplest, most clear explanation of complicated uh, information. So that that's some of the changes that I've seen. In some ways, we've gotten better. Gold mold is no longer gold, except for the unscrupulous uh, snake oil salesmen. They'll make it a killing out there off of poor innocent victims who are de- desperate because the snake oil guys uh, they don't have to they don't have to stick to the truth. They don't have to stick to facts. They can make up stuff and tell you whatever they need to tell you to convince you. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, th- that's. I, I, I was taking notes ahead of time, and while you guys were talking, I've got about 15 notes here, and I'll stop and let let you <laughs> guide me through on what you want to talk about next. All right. Well, let's do this, um, Carl. We're gonna we're gonna go back and finish a couple of things Cliff and I had planned, and then we'll we'll bring you and John back for the roundup in about five minutes. That sounds great. All right. Thank you, Carl, and thanks for your kind words, Cliff. You know. Carl mentioned a show, and, and one of the things we wanted to talk about today was some of our favorite shows, and, and he happened to pick out one of my top five shows all time, Dr. John Ouellet, and that's O-U-E-L-L-E-T-T-E, I believe, um, and we'll, we'll put a link to that up on the, on the homepage there after the show. Great job. That's That's probably eight years old now. But uh, it still rings true today. And, and, and the other one that I really enjoyed was just last week. I, I love that interview we did with J. David Miller. And thinking about what Carl said, you know, David said the same thing, basically, that, uh, you know, we have had this information for quite a while. We, we, we know what to do. We, we know that it's, it's not as complicated as some people make it out to be. Uh, we just need to start doing it. I'm wondering what were some of your favorite shows? Um, I, I think my, my best show, I, I had a lot of favorite shows. I would say my best show was probably my interview with, with Claude Blackburn. You know, he and I were, you know, were business rivals. It was kind of like, I think Mohammed Ali and George Foreman, you know, after they had uh, (laughs) the big fight uh, and, you know, got together and kind of talked about it, you know, 10 years, uh, you know, later as professionals who had mutual respect for one another. And I got some nice comments on that. 
uh, interview. And I, I think it was my, my best one because I really had to think about it and put everything together. Uh, I, I, you know, going back to what Carl said, I think in terms of good information for listeners on, you know, sensitivities and allergies and, and things like that are probably some of the interviews that we've done with Jeff May. You know, he's been on two or three times, always gives really, really solid information. And really, he's looking at some new, uh, you know, potential causes of allergies and so on and so forth that I think other people haven't even thought about. But I think his books are, are really well done. Uh, they're excellent. I want to mention a few shows real quick. One is and I want to mention someone in particular who who means a lot to me and over the years helped this show out a great deal, and that was Dr. Dietrich Weil. Um, Dieter, he's retired now. He doesn't join us anymore. But for the first eight years of the show, I want to say maybe seven, he was our technical director, and and I want to say we did four shows at least with just him. I recall one on particles that was just fantastic. In fact, I'm getting ready to do a webinar for IAQA next week. It's a free webinar for IAQA members on particulate matter and health. And I went back to the show we did with Dieter and got some of the foundational information for that presentation next week from that show. He also did a great show on filtration for us and, and several other topics that we don't have time to go into right now. But if you go back and look at any of the shows we did with Dr. Weil, W-E-Y-E-L, I highly recommend them. He's, he's been a mentor and a, a friend for many years, and, and I think he, he really added a lot to the show over the years. Another set of shows I want to mention that I, I was particularly impressed with were the shows actually that we did with you, Cliff, when we talked about odors, um, antimicrobial products. Uh, we did several on fire restoration. And um, another one that really was interesting, you know, if you're interested in the topic, was the one we did on antimicrobials. And I can't remember the gentleman's name who assisted with getting the antimicrobial registrations together. Can you help me with that name? Elliot Harrison, Elliot Lewis Harrison. and Harrison. Yeah, did a great job. I thought those were just fantastic shows, and I, I urge people to go back and check out those shows. All right, Cliff, anything else you want to add before we go to the roundup? Um, I think one thing uh, you know, that I would like to have the capability of doing, I think, in the future would be to have some sort of open mic uh, ability where the industry can sound off. You know, we know that we can do that now. The problem is, you know, most uh, television show or radio shows that do this have some sort of delay. So if somebody just says something inappropriate or, you know, uses really foul language that they can just, you know, kind of prevent people from hearing it. So that would be one thing that I would really like to do is to have uh, you know, a couple of open mic shows a year and just, you know, kind of turn it over to the listeners and, and, and let them comment. I like that idea, and we'll have to do that. One thing I want to, I don't know if listeners realize how, you know, how many downloads we get, for instance. And uh, Cliff, you went back and, and uh, reviewed the number of downloads. We've had 
145,870 total downloads over over the last 10 years. That's a lot of shows. Um, and that's one that's hour hours, each. Joe. That's yeah. hours. That's hours as well. Downloads. Yeah. Each one of those is a one hour uh, download. So, you know, uh, 145,870 hours. Uh, downloaded right content that uh, is out there now and people are you know and then people share that they send it to other people or they listen in in groups sometimes we'll we'll get i know instructors have told me that uh, they'll put the show on at lunchtime when they're teaching a class out there so uh, i'm sure we've we've gotten out to more people than that but i was pretty impressed with that number and happy to see that number it's not you know one minute youtube videos those are one hour uh, one-hour interviews, and I, I, I'm pretty happy about that. All right, let's uh, let's go to the roundup, John. Move him on, hit him up, hit him up, move him on, move him on, hit him up, raw high. Cut him out, ride him in, ride him in, let him out, cut him out, ride him in, raw. All right, we let's get John Lapater and Carl Grimes back on. And uh, Carl, let me start with you. You had a bunch of notes you made. Give me a couple of your better ones here. Let's let's uh, let's teach some people or learn something together here this week. Okay, um, I, I I guess what I'd like to do with that, Joe and Cliff, is kind of look forward. There's some hot topics that I see that have already started to develop uh, and are, are coming down the road. Uh, the increasing emphasis on health and buildings, and John Lapiterre talked about that. And by the way, hello, John, and I am so glad to see you as president of IAQA. You're going to really make a lot, uh, major contribution to that, especially with health and buildings and health and homes. Uh, the microbiome is a new, newer topic. Uh, the Sloan Foundation just is finishing up five years and $50 million of research and conferences on microbiome. Joe, you were at one at University of Colorado earlier this summer. Yep. Um, we did a show for uh, They now are, are switching over to indoor chemistry. And uh, that's something I had kind of heard of but never thought of. It's really interesting. What all goes on? Now, I was just at the Environmental uh, Epidemiology Conference and I would say over 30% of their presentations over three days was on particles. Hmm. Particles is becoming more and more important, and for lots of reasons that I was never aware of, which brings me to the, my last point, and that's cross-communication among between the different organizations. The indoor air quality, indoor environment engineers at like ISIAC, International Society of Indoor Air Quality, need to talk more to the epidemiologists, like at the International Society of uh, Environmental Epidemiology, that needs to talk more to IAQA, ASHRAE, RIA, IICRs. They're all looking at the same thing a little bit different way, and there's lots of overlap, and they all have something new that the other organizations don't see. And so those are kind of the hot topics that I would like to see uh, uh, more information about as we move forward. That's interesting, Carl. So the environmental epidemiology group, they were looking at um, a lot of particle-type information, huh? 
Yeah, they're starting to do research on is there association? They don't have a, a, a lot of associations, certainly not causation yet. But they look. They they had a whole ninety minute track on particles and diabetes, particles and MS, uh, things that you would never stop to think about. But with these particles, especially the ultrafines, they physically go up into the brain and are affecting the brain chemistry in different ways. And there's this, there's this. I had a fascinating conversation with people that need to be know about the the Sloan new initiative here on how particles. Uh, let's see if I can remember. They can agglomerate, they can nucleate, and they can dissipate, and. All that dynamic can go on under different conditions and affect uh, the body and people in different ways, including some of these things can affect mood and behavior. So it's not just all psychological hypochondria. Some of these particles and also some chemicals and mycobacterium, like you heard about it uh, in Boulder, Joe, yeah. these kinds of things can also directly affect mood and behavior of people. That's just absolutely fascinating, and I hope... I hope you can get more of those people on the show, is what I'd say. Well, and Carl, you know, that, that kind of builds on what we heard at the Microbiology of the Built Environment Conference. Right at the end, they brought on the, um, the Ph. I don't know if he's a Ph.D. or an M.D., from the Air Force, I believe it was. Um, and the military is looking at PTSD and, and how maybe environmental factors uh, fit into that as well. Yeah, um, I don't remember his rank. Hoisington is the last name. And over at uh, at the uh, indoor air in Belgium in Ju- uh, not July, yeah, yeah, July, uh, they had a they had a poster presentation on that and on the clinical trial uh, with it with by Hoisington within the Air Force on the use of mycobacterium as a treatment. A potential treatment and potential vaccination against PTSD and uh, with our military. Fascinating stuff. John, let me turn it over to you. Final thoughts during the roundup, where we're at, where we've been, where we're headed, all of the above. First, Carl, thank you for the kind words. Uh, I'd like to say during my time um, as the president of the IAQA, I really want to work hard to bring organizations together. There are a lot of organizations that impact uh, the indoor environment, and we all have our own uh, opinions of how that happens and how that can be improved. That starts with uh, ASHRAE, IAQA, AIHA, NADCA, RIA, IICRC, and I've always firmly believed in the HBA. The guys that are actually building the houses, most of which lack the general understanding of tight isn't always right. Ventilating is the most important thing, and we need to get that through to some of the builders. So I think moving forward, we're going to have to figure out how we can communicate more effectively the building process that we use today and how we're improving it to save energy and how that's not necessarily improving the indoor environment. doesn't necessarily mean that I'm against saving energy. Uh, I am a lot more focused on improving the indoor air quality and the indoor environment. So that, that's where I'd like to see in the future. I think it's been an unbelievable 10 years with you guys. Love listening to the show. Love contributing when I have an opportunity. I think you guys are a tremendous asset in the industry. Well, thank you, John. And, and thank you both, Carl and John, for joining us today. Cliff, any final words before we call it a day? 
Uh, I, I have two sets of, of, of comments. I think the first is, uh, I don't know when John and I first you know, started communicating. It was probably around the time that we were doing the, began doing the show and, you know, he began treating buildings, uh, you know, that were under construction. And what what, was it? What to me, I I found, uh, very, very fulfilling is seeing people that, uh, you know, I've worked with and, and, and tried to help and had a a relationship with, uh, and seeing them come along and mature in the industry and, and do really, really well. And, you know, John's done well. I'm very proud of him. I'm very proud of Kirk Bolden. I'm very proud of Ernie store, you know, probably a half a dozen other people that we've interviewed on the show that at one store or another, you know, they were a student or, uh, you know, someone that I had an opportunity to help. But I remember watching the movie, uh, the graduate, and in that movie, uh, someone tells Dustin Hoffman, you know, the, the future is, is plastic. And, <laughs> yep. you know, Lloyd, Lloyd Weaver, who I think it was one of the most brilliant people that I knew. I remember asking Lloyd, you know, uh, he's the guy that fathered the water damage industry. I said, you know, Lloyd, what's next? And he just answered with one word. And that word was dust. That's the word, huh? Dust is next. Yeah, that, actually, that was an interesting show. He was doing a lot of uh, cleaning of dust, if I recall, after new construction. And I think it's the same with the particulate. I mean, that, that's, it all settles. I think we call it dust, but, you know, it's, it's particulate. Yeah, it all is. It, it's, it all comes back to that particulate. And, um, you know, I think Carl mentioned another topic that is a, an up-and-coming one. And um, I know, you know, he mentioned that Sloan is going to be doing more work on the indoor chemistry because the same things that affect particles affect indoor chemistry as well. And um, particles are affected by indoor chemistry. And when we have damp building materials, they off-gas more and and um you know that's going to be an interesting area over the over the next 10 years i think uh, you know with the as semi volatile organic compounds and now they're looking at ultra fine particles which you know it's difficult to to really work with we didn't have the instruments that could really um differentiate some of these types of particles and and different chemical constituents within indoor environments. It's going to be a a fascinating next 10 years, Cliff, and I I really look forward to spending it with you here every Friday afternoon talking about the latest in indoor air quality, disaster restoration, building science, home performance, and uh, business shows, too. I think we we probably left that one thing out. We've also tried to put shows together that help people build their business and um without making a little money doing this type of work you're not going to be in it very long so uh, i think that's another important component of what we've done any final thoughts before we wrap it up cliff nope i'm done joe all right i am done as well i just want to mention we've already got a great show lined up for 10 years and one week next week we've got dawn weeks And Stephanie Sears, Don, uh, most of you know, is a past president of the Indoor Air Quality Association. Stephanie is the current, I believe, executive director would be her title. They are just back from India and a big trip over to India to open up an IAQA chapter over there. And it'll be interesting to see 
how these issues are being discussed in the developing world. I mean, we're just a small part of this whole big old planet we're on here, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how things are being discussed in other parts of the world. We've done that in the past. We've had shows where people came from Australia or from England. We had um, gentlemen from Bonn in uh, Germany with the World Health Organization. It's a worldwide issue. And on IAQ Radio, we plan to continue to talk worldwide about all of these issues. So please come back and join us next Friday at noon for the next broadcast of IAQ Radio. This has been another IAQ Radio production.